Hi, and welcome to the Country Hope Church podcast. We're based in regional Queensland with locations in Chinchilla, Gainda, Jandawi, and Meandara. We hope you enjoy this episode and we invite you to join us for a Sunday service. For full details, head to our website, www.countryhope.church. I went to Toowoomba this past week, uh, last Thursday I went to Toowoomba to look at carnival gardens because uh, growing up um, my house that I grew up in was a, was a carnival garden, uh, had a carnival garden, the prize winning uh, garden so um, I went down to have a look and I went to my old house, could you put it up Maxie? This is the house that I grew up in actually, so this is, you can see the sign Eden there, the, the window to the right of that, that was my bedroom for 21 years. I uh, grew up in that house. Mum and Dad bought it as a newly married. There was no, there was just yard there, and it eventually developed over the years. I learned to walk in the front yard there, so that's where I learned to walk. Played cricket with my mates. I remember once we had a big um, neighbourhood game of cricket with everyone, all the kids from the neighbourhood, and I scored 350 runs, and they made me retire because they couldn't get me out, which I thought was very unfair. I was going for the thousand, but they wouldn't let me. Uh, lots of memories in that house, played in there as a kid, like I said, and then it became a carnival garden. Could you go to the next one, Maxie? This is it, sort of, at carnival time. That's um, not quite ready for carnival judging yet. The annuals haven't all come up. But it was a blaze of colour and it was, it was great times. I was a teenager uh, and it was an award-winning garden, so we used to have big buses come and, and I remember once um, my dad had this idea that I should go out and host people as they came in and answer their questions about what flower that is. And, and um, I used to do it in bare feet. I do everything in bare feet except come to church. You all think I wear shoes all the time. I only wear them Sunday, trust me. I don't like shoes. And so I remember once I was out in the front yard, barefoot as always, and a bus of Japanese tourists came. There was a, a big coach of Japanese tourists. They all came out to look at the garden, but they were more fascinated with my bare feet on the, in the yard. And so I had to stand still while, while 50 Japanese tourists took turns photographing my bare feet. And I always wondered, what did they say when they went back to Japan and said, look at these feet, I don't know what they did, who knows? But uh, yeah, that's the house I grew up in. Uh, and then I was there for 22 years and I left, went to Bible college, married Carly. And so my parents lived there for another 25 years after I left. And so quite often I would go home. Uh, if mum knew that I was coming home, she would be waiting at the door three hours before, ready to run out when I arrived home. But sometimes I used to come home without telling them. And I used to just park the car, walk in, walk in the front door, straight to the fridge. If you go to the fridge in the little section where this cheese is supposed to be, there was always chocolate, always chocolate there. And then if you go to the cupboard, third shelf up, that's where mum hid the ice vovos. And I used to go straight in, help myself to chocolate, ice vovos, then go look for my parents. I could do that. So I went there last Thursday to have a look at the house, see how it had changed. And I'm standing there, I'm thinking, should I do what I always used to do? walk in the front door, see if there's ice vovos, and, and then I thought the, the new owners of the house mightn't be that happy if I did that, even if I explain what I'm doing. And then I just thought about the fact that it's not the house that was important, although there's lots of memories there. It was the relationship I had with my parents that allowed me to do that. And I felt at home even when I hadn't lived there 20 years. I felt like this is my house, I can do whatever I want, I can go in and I can do whatever I want. And I thought about the relationship and, and the deep relationship I had with them and how it was my home. And do you know what? 
God wants that deep relationship with us. He wants a deep relationship where we feel at home with him, where we feel like we can walk in and say, this is where I belong. You're my father. That's the relationship that God wants with us, which is mind-blowing because we're not talking about a mum and dad we can see and touch. We're talking about a heavenly father that we can't see and touch, but who is the king of the universe, the creator of all things. And he wants a relationship with us so that we are his children. We're not just people who visit him occasionally with deference. I've got a best mate who lives in England and uh, he was at the Queen's funeral, only just 30 metres from the coffin. And uh, he met King Charles before the funeral, spent three minutes with King Charles. And he's got a photo of it, chatting with King Charles. He got three minutes with King Charles and it's one of the highlights of his life. <laughs> well, I've got whenever I want with God, my father. I don't approach him like I would approach King Charles because he's my father. And for me, it's remarkable the relationship that God wants with me. Romans 8 spells it out really, really, really clearly. And Romans 8, uh, I read some of it just before. And it talks about life in the spirit. Now that we have the spirit of God in us, and it says if, if the spirit of, of him who raised Christ Jesus from the dead is living in you, then Christ, then he who raised Christ from the dead will give you life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit that lives in, within you. And the chapter talks about some of the stuff that we now have because the Holy Spirit is living in us. And then it goes on to say this in Romans 8, 14 to 17. It says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Now you can quite easily just read over that and think, yeah, I'm a child of God. But then Paul goes on and unpacks that a bit more. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Rather, the Spirit you received brought you about your adoption to be the son and the daughter of God. And by the Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are God's children, then we are heirs, and we are heirs, with God, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. I love these verses because they tell me the depth of the relationship I can have with God. They tell me how he wants a deep relationship with me. He wants an intimate relationship relationship. Can you go to the next slide, Maxie? This is my son, by the way, who we have a deep relationship with. This is the sort of relationship. What? No, I said, that's my son, Maxie, who I'm talking to, doing the, not that. I'm not that good looking, trust me. The, 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 uh, it talks about the deep and intimate relationship. Paul says here an interesting thing. He says, and by the spirit, we cry... Abba, Father. Now, what's that word, Abba? It's not a Swedish rock band from the 70s, okay? Put that out of your mind. What it is, is an actually, it's an Aramaic. It's a Jewish word. Now, the interesting thing is, Paul's writing this letter to the church in Rome, and he's writing in Greek, because that's the language of the day. And so he's writing this whole letter in Greek, but then he comes to a word, a phrase that he wants to, and he hasn't got the right word in Greek to show what exactly he means. So he puts a Jewish word in there. Now the church in Rome was made up of a lot of Jewish people and they would have been able to explain to the non-Jewish speakers, this is what this word means. And it just shows how important Paul felt this thing was for us to understand. 
Because it's all in Greek, and then we had, suddenly have this Jewish word, uh, uh, and there wasn't a Greek word that, that just showed the depth of God's feeling for us. Because you have the word father. You have the word um, old man. You have the, you know, the phrases that you have. You even have the word dad. But this word that Paul says that we cry to our father, Abba, it's a really, really, really intimate term used by a young child. And it's sort of like this, like the young child is with his father and he says, dad, daddy, dadda. If you remember, if you've got kids, when your, when your kids first said your name, dadda. And it's that sort of intimate childlike Dada. It's funny how the word dad evolves in your family. When they're little, it's dada. And then as they get older, it's dad. And then it's dad. And then it's dad. And now it's dad, can I have some money? It's, it's amazing how, but there is a time when you are their world. And they just come to you with open arms and they cry dada. That's what Paul's trying to get at here. By the Spirit, we come to God as little children, wholly dependent with our focus on him, and he is our world, and we cry, Dada. And he picks us up. Now, I've never seen a dad respond negatively when their child is like a little toddler and they say, Dada, and they want a hug. And God responds to us as though we are his cherished children, the apple of his eye, and he wants that deep relationship. And when we cry, Dada, it actually warms his heart. And he says, this is my child. I desire this deep relationship. And he picks us up and he looks into our eyes and he says, you're my child and I love you so much. And Paul says, this is the relationship that we now have with God. He is our dadder. He is the one who is our all. He's everything to us. There's a sense of intimacy and a sense of bonding. So... How do we approach our father? We approach him as our loving father who gives us the world, who is our world. And we have this intimate relationship and we can call him dada. And it's amazing. And it's the sort of thing that we say that we would never use for anyone else. It's such an intimate term. He is our dada. So a good question this morning. How is your intimacy going with God? Does he feel close? Does he feel like he's the sort of God that can pick you up and you can cry, Dada? Because that's the relationship he wants with you. He doesn't want a distant relationship. He doesn't want a, a relationship that, that sees him somehow as some distant person. He desires an intimate relationship where we call him Dada. And that's on us. We've got to get our head around the fact that he actually wants that relationship with us and through the Holy Spirit to develop that relationship, to have that sort of relationship with him. It's, a, it's an intimate relationship that he wants with us. It's a transparent relationship. Go to the next one, Maxie. I don't know how often over the years I've done this with my kids. When my kids have had a problem and I've had to sit down with them and through tears, they tell me what's going on. And this is where I am, Dad. This is what I'm going through. And this passage in Romans, the word cry there 
is a similar word used three different other times. It says, we cry, Abba, Father. It talks about, in this passage, it talks about all creation is groaning as in childbirth and we groan and we cry. And it talks about the Spirit helps us in our weakness and he intercedes for us in words or groanings. And this groaning or crying, it may come to shock you. This might really shock you. But as Christians, when we become Christians, it doesn't mean that life will be plain sailing forever. It doesn't mean everything will work out now. The fact is I'm a follower of Christ, so everything will be hunky-dory for me and I'll have no more problems. The fact is we live in a broken world. And God knows that. And our world is impacted by stuff that comes out of nowhere and we have disease and we have heartbreak and we have things that can happen to us. And, and I just met someone in the supermarket yesterday who lost their 15-year-old son to an accident. What, how does that stuff happen? But it does. And there's ha- pain and there's tragedy. And, and how do you get through that? I'll tell you how you get through it. You come to your dad with tears and you tell him what's going on in your life. Paul writes here, and we cry. That word cry is, and we allow ourselves to groan to him and say, this is what my heart is. And he wants to hear it. That's the incredible thing to me, that the God who is overall and in charge and so powerful, he actually wants to kneel down like this and he wants to hear what's going on in my life. And he says, please tell me, I want to hear. He already knows. But it's not about knowing what we've got to say. It's about the intimacy of the relationship. And he puts his hands on our knees like that and he says, please tell me. Tell me what's going on in your life. I want to know. And then we tell him. And we tell him what's going on and, and the things that we're going through. And, and it's amazing to think the relationship he wants with me. He wants an intimate relationship where I call him data. He wants an intimate relationship where I'm transparent. You know, so often we put on a mask in front of other people and we don't let them see what we're going through. And, and, and that can be a good thing. Like you don't want everyone to see everything that's going on in your life, but there is someone that you've got to tell. And that someone can be God our Father. And we can get on our knees and we can say, this is what's happening in my life. And he's never disturbed. And he's never clipping you around the head saying, take a cement pill. And he's never down on you when you tell him how you're feeling. Because he already knows anyway. What he desires is intimacy. Tell me how you're feeling and then let me talk to you. Let me tell you some things in your life that you just might need to know as we do that. I can remember times with my own kids where I've done this and they've told me stuff and I've told them stuff and it's cemented our relationship. So much so that our kids, 25, 21, 17, they tell us stuff and we can speak into their life and we have a great relationship. God wants the same with us. He wants us to cry, Abba, Father. He wants us to tell him what's going on. He wants us to know that we love him deeply. And we can come to him in any and every situation. He wants us to call out his name. I remember years ago, it was in the late 90s, Carly and I had just moved to Chinchilla and we had church in the old kids' church over there and it was a night service. Anyone remember the old days of the night service? Sunday night service, used to do church Sunday morning and then Sunday night and we had a night service and it was a new moon so there's no moon, no, no light at all in the, in the sky but... 
um, as we just finished church, so we just finished church and all the kids had run up onto the stage and, and a transformer and the electrical whatever up the, up the road exploded. And we heard the bang and then everything went dark. And it wasn't just dark, it was dark, dark. Like there was no light, there was absolutely no light. So you couldn't see anything, you couldn't, couldn't make out any shapes. It was completely dark. And it was just scary to tell you the truth. And I was sort of towards the front of the... And then I heard my son Jake, who's now 25, he's only about three at the time. I heard him say, Dad, because he's in the dark and he doesn't know what to do. And he says, Dad. And I said, Jake, keep saying my name. And so over and over, Jake would just say, Dad, Dad. And I would, I, I, I somehow followed the sound and made my way towards him. And I'd say, keep saying my name, keep saying my name. Dad, Dad. And here's a little three-year-old. Don't move, just keep saying my name and I'll come to you. And finally, it seemed like ages. Dad. And then I reached out and I felt him. And he came in and, you know, God wants us to do the same cry out his name and he will come to us that's what's amazing to me I don't have to go searching for him in the dark I just have to say dad and he will come to me he's the God who wants intimacy he's the God who wants to know our heart to hear our cry and to come to us in the dark and reach out and say I am your dad I've got you Paul says in this verse that he is our father, our dad, and he wants us to cry to him. But he also gives us this great promise. Now, this is absolutely remarkable what Paul says. He says in, this, in these verses, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Rather, the spirit brought about your adoption as the son of God and the daughter of God. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. And the spirit testifies with our spirit that we're really his children. Now, if we are his children, then we are his heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Now, what does that mean? Heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. In 21st century Australia, it's so easy to read that statement and miss the impact of it. That we are now heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. But back when Paul wrote this, this was a shocking thought. This would have absolutely shocked people. Because you can call someone your dad and have a deep relationship. And you can cry out to your dad. But back then, if you were the second child, then you weren't an heir to the father. The first child, the first son was always the heir. And so everything the father had would be passed down to the firstborn son. If you were secondborn, thirdborn, or a daughter, you came down the pecking order. And, and the, the way society worked was the firstborn son would inherit everything, and he would take care of you, but it never belonged to you. And so my older brother, who's a year older, he would get everything that my parents had, he would become the head of the household, and I would be dependent on him, and I wouldn't be uh, an heir. What Paul says here is he says that we are the children of God and Christ is the firstborn, but we are co-heirs. In other words, God said, hey, Christ is the firstborn, but you're not going to be the second or third or fourth down the rung. You're going to be a co-heir. I'm going to give everything I have to him as the firstborn, but to you as the secondborn and the thirdborn. And you're all equal and you all share in my inheritance. Now, when people heard that, they couldn't believe it. Are you kidding me? 
I don't have to wait for my little share to come. I'm actually a co-heir with Christ and everything that God has is for me as well. And then in church, when they first heard this, they began to think about it. They began to think about life and hope and faith and a future and God's attention. And they began to think of everything that we have as the co-heirs of Christ. And then they began to think of Christ being raised from the dead. And they began to think of what is the possibilities for my life? There is nowhere too low that I go that God can't raise me up because I'm a co-heir. There is no difficulty too great that I can't get through because I'm a co-heir. There's nothing too, too bad that will, that will destroy me because I am a co-heir with Christ and I have all the promises of God and they are mine as his child. They're not second or third hand. I'm actually a co-heir with Christ and I am an heir of God himself. So Paul, he sets up this picture to a church that's under persecution and he says this, never ever forget that God is your father and he wants you to cry out dad. He wants you to see him in that light. Don't forget, God is your father, and he wants you to cry, Dad. He wants to see your heart. He wants to have that intimate relationship. God wants intimacy. Go to the next one, Max. You didn't quite go quick enough. That's the co-heirs. Go to the next one. This is the relationship that God wants with us, where we're resting on his chest, hearing his heartbeat, and where he gives us everything because he's our dad. And he wants us to live life like that. Now imagine how calm life would be in spite of what's happening if you live life like that, with your head on God's chest, hearing his heartbeat, knowing who you are. Imagine how your life would be transformed. And that's why Paul wrote this chapter. Don't ever forget who you are. Don't be so short. Don't think that you're just an add-in, that you don't deserve his attention, that you don't deserve his love, that you're not his real child, but you are his child that he loves dearly. And he wants nothing more than you to rest on his chest, to hear his heartbeat and to cry, Dad. Now, why don't we have that relationship? What is it that's stopping us having that relationship. It's our own fear, our own sense of inadequacy. It's our own, surely I can't have that. But that's what God wants for us. So here's a question. How close are you to God the Father? Are you in the, in the, the sweet spot of that relationship? Or is it fractured? Is it not what it should be through the Holy Spirit? God is searching for you, move toward him and start to cry, Dad, I want you. Dad, I need you. And see how your relationship can be transformed. This week, this is your homework this week. Just take time every day, even if it's just five minutes, and just say, God, I want to know you as my dad. Let me feel your warmth. Let me feel you holding my hand. I want to hear your heartbeat. And just pray that every day this week and say, God, I want to hear your heartbeat and see how he begins to transform that relationship. 
because he wants to be your dad. Not a far off God are you out there. He wants to be your dad. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to pray. We're going to pray <coughs> to our Father. If you're a Christian here today, if you've made a decision to live for Christ, that's the relationship you have. If you're not, if you've never said, I want to be a follower of Christ, I, I want that relationship, the good news is it's so easy to do. It's just, God, I want that relationship. I believe that Christ has died for me. Count me in. And God will meet you where you're at. Why don't we pray? <coughs> Lord, I want to thank you. God, I want to thank you that you are God our Father. Lord, forgive me for all the times I've said that, but not, not actually realised the, the depth of the relationship you want with me. God, I pray that I would know afresh what it is to call you my dad, to reach out my hands to you, to say, pick me up, I just need to, to know you in my life. God, I pray that we would cry to you, that we'd be open with you, that we'd say, this is me, God, I just want you. I just need to feel your, your touch. Your, I need to hear your heartbeat in my life. Lord, may we have that sort of relationship. I pray that we wouldn't have a formal relationship like we're meeting King Charles, but instead we desire that intimate relationship that we have with the perfect dad who wants to be our dad. And I pray afresh we'd know what that means for us that we are the co-heirs with Christ of all the promises of God and that we know that in all things they will work out for our good because you're our dad and we know the future is bright despite what we go through right now because you're our dad and we know that one day we will see you face to face and we will have life with you forever because you're our dad. And we know that even though we feel low right now, you can pick us up and you can raise us up and you can fix the broken parts and your grace is enough for us and you are our dad. I pray that we would know that beyond any shadow of a doubt that you are our dad and may we live our life in the light of that fact, I pray. And I pray that people here today who are just struggling with the concept can God really be my dad? I pray, Holy Spirit, you would fill them. Even this week, as they seek you again, I pray that you would fill them and they'd know for sure. And Lord, for people here today that don't know you as their dad, I pray they'd make the best decision of their life to give their heart to Christ and to say, I want you to be my dad. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Country Hope Church podcast and that this episode blessed you. If you've got any questions or prayer requests, please don't hesitate to contact us through our email, connect at countryhope.church. If you'd like to subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode, that would be fantastic. Otherwise, we hope to see you either online or in person at some point soon.